Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedoms only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working on the cover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Trump is sending in the U.S. military. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I'll tell you what, it's actually both. We have looters in a real night of ugliness in America. And finally, woman versus diesel. Who wins? All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. Before we get to my amazing, amazing monologue tonight, I want you to hear from the Prez first, because I'm going to bounce off this. That is why I am taking immediate presidential action to stop the violence and restore security and safety in America. 
I am mobilizing all available federal resources, civilian and military, to stop the rioting and looting, to end the destruction and arson, and to protect the rights of law-abiding Americans, including your Second Amendment rights. Therefore, the following measures are going into effect immediately. First, we are ending the riots and lawlessness that has spread throughout our country. We will end it now. Today, I have strongly recommended to every governor to deploy the National Guard in sufficient numbers that we dominate the streets. Mayors and governors must establish an overwhelming law enforcement presence until the violence has been quelled. If a city or state refuses to take the actions that are necessary to defend the life and property of their residents, then I will deploy the United States military and quickly solve the problem for them. Okay. What he's talking about when he told governors to step up and solve the problem, what he's talking about is this. What happened in the state of Minnesota, they were uh, electric stuff all over the world. They took over the police department. The police were running down the street, sirens blazing, the rest of them running. It was on camera. And then they wiped out, you probably have to build a new one, but I've never seen anything like it. And, and the whole world was laughing. Two days, three days later, I spoke to the governor. The governor is, I think, by the quality. The next one dies. And all of a sudden, and I said, you got to use the National Guard in big numbers. They did it first, and they did. And I'll tell you that, I don't know what it was. It was Governor, it was the third night, fourth night. Those guys walked through that stuff like it was butter. They walked right through, and you haven't had any problems since. I mean, they don't. They're not going to go there. Now they'll go to some other place. But once you called out and you dominated, you took the worst place, and you made it. They didn't even cover it last night because there was so little action. Because you dominated. You dominated. Now, what happens in New York, I have to tell you, I live in Manhattan. What's going on in Manhattan? I have no idea. New York's finest. they got to be allowed, maybe, to do their job. I don't know what's happening in Manhattan, but it's terrible. And because it's New York, because it's Manhattan, it gets a lot of press. So they, they really spend a lot of time on it. But New York is going to have to tough it up. And we'll send you National Guard if you want. You have the largest police force in the country, 40,000 people, I understand. But what's going on in New York is terrible. It's terrible. Well, here's what's going on. All right, we're just going to have a frank discussion about it. It's you and me. I realize not other people really want to have this talk, but, I mean, let's be honest, how much more trouble can I possibly get in at this point in time? We have had, not right now, for years now, especially lately, it's been ramping up in the past eight, 10 years, we have had a massive, massive fracturing of the United States of America. Now, you haven't been able to see it, really, unless you're really paying attention. It's not as if people are shoving bayonets into each other anymore. That's not what's happening. But what we do have is simply this. We have leftists in America pouring into American cities. We have people on the right, people center right, fleeing American cities. There's always been and will always be a divide between city people and country people. I don't just mean in the history of America, in the history of the world. City people look down on country people as these idiotic, uneducated rubes. And country people look at city people as these godless, weak savages who can't skin a deer. That division has always been there. It's not been this bad in America ever because we continue to have one ideology flee the rural areas into the urban. We continue to have the other ideology flee the urban areas into the rural, which is why when you look at like an election map of the United States of America, of the congressional districts and how they voted for president, it's bizarre to look at. You look at America geographically and it's a sea of red. It's virtually all red. And yet, Hillary Clinton did win the popular vote. She got more votes than Donald Trump because in this sea of red, there's these urban areas of blue, 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 just randomly put in there. America has been going like this, big time. 
And as a result of that kind of separation, and as a result of the radicalization of the Democrat Party, the big cities are something that they really haven't been. Yes, there's always going to be more crime in a big city. That's just the nature of having more people stacked on top of each other and more poor people stacked on top of each other. Poverty equals crime so much of the time. That's just human nature. It's fine. But what we've seen is these leftist idiots are now, they now are putting into place these policies, these, you know, super woke, super gentle policing, super hands-off, look how friendly we are policies in the United States of America. They're putting them into place in American cities. And now, not only are they unprepared for things like we're seeing now, they don't want to deal with things like we're seeing now. The New York Police Department is, by all accounts, or at least throughout its history, has been maybe the finest police department in the world. Uh, Their counter-terror unit is amazing. They have some of the best people. They have been completely kneecapped by the mayor, not by some crazy outside force. The mayor of New York is openly siding with the rioters against the New York City Police Department. If I had told you that even 15 years ago, you would have said I had lost my mind. That'll never happen in America. But that's where we are right here. So what you're seeing is, um, let's see, I ran, I ran for office I, as, as the super woke gentle guy. Uh, everybody, everybody bust all these cops. Uh, I, that's how they run for office. That's how they operate their police departments. And now you have riots on your hands and riots with loads of black people in them. When you ran for office on a, America's racist, don't worry, I'll, I'll fix it. I'll be the white savior guy. That's how you ran. And now you don't want to know what to do. Now you're Bill de Blasio. Now you don't have the freedom to step up to your police department and say, I don't care what color they are. If somebody's rioting, they're in cuffs, bash them in and send them to jail. You can't say that. You won't say that. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to sit back and you're going to play your cards right. And you're going to know President Donald Trump has got to stop this at some point in time because someone has to stop this. Somebody has to stop American cities from being burned to the ground. So Donald Trump brings up sending in the military. Guess what? Did you see what happened last night when he announced he was going to send in the military? It got worse. We got four cops shot in St. Louis. We got a guy shot in the head in Las Vegas. It's getting ugly all over the place, getting uglier. Why? Because they want Donald Trump to send in the military. If you're some jerk mayor like de Blasio, you get to put down the riots, which you do want to stop. And you get to put down the riots while blaming all the collateral damage from putting down the riots on Donald Trump. You don't have to appear racist. Donald Trump, he's clearly the racist. And that leads me to my major problem with sending the military into U.S. cities. I'm not saying I disagree with Donald Trump. That's not what I'm saying at all here. What I'm saying is be very, very careful about what you wish for and the things you call for. And this is what I mean by that. When you say, I want the military in there, get the military in and put these thug rioters down. That's fine. I agree with you. But here's what you're saying. You're saying you want potentially a platoon full of infantry United States Marines armed to get cornered by 200, 300 protesters. Something goes wrong. A shot rings out. A brick gets thrown. And now you have on camera, because this is America, everything happens on camera. Do you want to witness on camera a Marine Corps infantry platoon mow down 100, 200 American citizens? You don't want that, people. You don't want that. And if you start mixing in the United States military with violent rioters, when for the most part that is not the mission of the United States military, you are asking for trouble. I was an infantry Marine. We were trained to do a lot of things. You know what all those things involved? Killing people. You know what they didn't involve? Well, let's just, let's just, let's do a police, we'll do police work. No, I was trained to break things. Breaking things in police work oftentimes do not go hand in hand. So I, again, I'm not saying I disagree with Donald Trump. I'm saying you and I. When we sit there and cheer, when we hear the military's coming in, woohoo! We're gonna lock them down. Remember, 
You're asking for a televised, potentially very bloody confrontation between U.S. troops in an American city and another American citizen. Maybe a scumbag citizen, but a citizen nonetheless. Keep that in mind and be very, very, very careful what you wish for because that sets up a potential, a scene that will live on through the ages. You, you've all seen that picture at Kent State. Standing over the dead body, shot by the National Guard troops. What if that's 10, 20, 30 people in the streets of New York City? You think that image lives on? That image lives on. Now, Donald Trump gave his press conference yesterday, then stormed out, stood in front of St. John's, St. John's Church, which was, of course, burned by these idiots, held up a Bible. Here's the picture of it. I liked it. A lot of people said uh, he's, he's, it's, a, you know, it's a photo op. Yes, that's clearly a photo op. I don't know why people are mad about that. Yes, it's a photo op. Image matters. Image matters a lot. Hillary Clinton, of course, had to open up her pie hole. Quote, tonight the President of the United States used, Amer used the American military to shoot peaceful protesters with rubber bullets and tear gas them for a photo op. This is a horrifying use of presidential power against our own citizens and has no place anywhere, let alone in America. Vote. Elizabeth Warren stepped up and said, quote, the president of the United States tear gassed peaceful protesters in order to clear the way for a useless photo up outside the White House, just after vowing to activate the military against our own people. Lives and our democracy are in danger. This is just like the Sand Creek Massacre. Oh, wait, she didn't add that last part. I did that. These Democrat politicians are jumping all over this whole thing. I told you we were going to have a great night tonight. Now, I know I'm going to have a great night tonight. Once I'm off the air, once I'm done wowing you with my brilliance, once my head hits the pillow, because I'm actually going to go to sleep. You, because you haven't bought an ebb sleep yet, you're going to lay there and toss and turn at all the demonstrations, all the rioters, all oh, my money, I lost my job, the wife, the kids, ah! I'm going to go to sleep and be all these demonstrations. And you know why? Because I have an ebb sleep. I put it on, it cools and calms those thoughts in the front of my head. It's a wearable device, not drugs I put in my body. Puts me asleep faster and keeps me asleep. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb dot com slash jesse use the promo code jesse get 25 bucks off we'll be back i'm going to keep this as brief as humanly possible and i'm about to do that thing that i hate doing that i basically never do but i feel like it's fair that i give you a warning because i know so many of you watch this show with your kids Look, I totally understand you wanting your kids to grow up and be like me. I tell my kids, all you want to do is try to be like Dad. But in all seriousness, this one is going to be a little rough. I'm going to show a couple video clips of some police officers being injured, in some cases severely. There's going to be gunfire, and so I just want to give you a heads up. We, You know we handle these things as delicately as humanly possible. We don't do gore porn on this show, and I certainly don't like to see America's police officers being hurt in any way. However, we also do not avoid the truth on this show. I tell you and I show you exactly what I think and exactly what's going on, and this is the ugly truth of the matter before I get to the videos. Right now, in America's cities, and lots of them, vast, vast numbers of people, we're not talking protests of 10, 20 people, large numbers of people are protesting. They're protesting and rioting against police. Many of the people in these crowds believe the cops are the enemy. They believe the bad guy is the police department. That's a very, very big deal when you have large groups of angry young men out there believing they have an enemy to fight, believing their cause is the righteous one, men are capable of very, very terrible things. Here was St. Louis.
Four police officers shot in St. Louis alone last night. We had a police officer shot in the back of the head execution style in Las Vegas. Keep him, keep his family in your prayers. As of right now, from what I know, he's still on life support. And he was shot, yes, trying to put down a protest. Some scumbag came up behind him, tried to kill him. They're not just using weapons against our police officers. They're using vehicles, and this one's tough to watch. And there was another one in the Bronx. That's happening in America right now, people. That's a cop laying in an intersection. Severe injuries that we can all assume. That's happening in America. They're hunting down our police officers. I don't care what your bone to pick is with law enforcement, what your political persuasion is. We are facing an ugly, ugly, ugly time in American history right now. It is, frankly, sad that we're here. We obviously had a powder keg of a nation ready to blow. It's blown, and now our big city police officers are taking the brunt of it. There are more injuries than I can possibly go over in this show. I think it's a, a sad state of affairs in this country. But we have some cops out there who are still telling it like it is, and God bless them. Here's the sheriff of Tampa. We have received information on in social media that some of the criminals were going to take their criminal conduct into the neighborhoods. I would tell them if you value your life, you probably shouldn't do that in Polk County because the people of Polk County like guns. They have guns. I encourage them to own guns. And they're going to be in their homes tonight with their guns loaded. And if you try to break into their homes to steal, to set fires, I'm highly recommending they blow you back out of the house with their guns. So leave the community alone. That is how you police. Now let's be clear about what he just said. It's what I've been telling you on the show. It's what I'm going to keep telling you. It's what I am worried about. And I am now very worried about it. I'm worried about these horrible riots spilling over into the burbs. It's not as if I don't care about these great cities who are burning. And I'm not one of these people who hates cities. I love cities. I love the country. I grew up mostly in the country, but I've been to a million cities. I just travel all over. I like New York City. People give New York City a bad rap. You've never been to New York City. And if you have been to New York City and didn't have fun there, you're boring. New York City's awesome. So it's easy to just dump all over cities. I love them. And so I'm not discounting what's happened in our cities. The reason I'm worried about this spilling over in the suburbs is this. You have this large group of angry young men, right? Full of testosterone, mad, rioting, doing stupid things. And what have they been doing? Rampaging through a city somewhere where you have a bunch of unarmed civilians. That's not the suburbs. People move to the suburbs for a purpose. That purpose is almost universally more safety. You move to the suburbs because you get yourself a little wife, get yourself two or three kids running around. You don't want to raise them in the city either because the schools suck or safety reasons. You don't accidentally stumble into the suburbs for the most part. You move there for a purpose. People in the suburbs have a much, 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 much higher degree, higher percentage of gun ownership they are willing to use them because, remember, they prioritize safety so much they left all the great restaurants and all the great concerts and all the great fun of a city and chose to move to the white picket fence boring suburbs. Why? 
because it's safety that matters. And so if these people in the city, these rioting scumbags, if they decide, well, I guess we're done here in the city, let's head out to the burbs. And that becomes a thing and I'm worried about that becoming a thing because we have so many of these mayors not willing to put down these protests, I'm now worried we are going to have many people getting hurt. I'm worried we're going to have videotape that I'm going to show you that's not going to involve one person laying down with severe injuries. It's going to involve multiple. I will tell you, I personally know several people in my suburb alone that are heavily, heavily, heavily armed, already communicating already prepped. And I don't want that. That sounds like a really fun thing, you know, when you're just on your keyboard. Oh, whoo, I'm, I'm going to get me some rioters. Nobody wants that, man. Nobody wants that. Even though I hate most of these scumbag rioters, we don't need that. That's American on American garbage. We do not need that at this point in time. I hope President Trump, the governors, the mayors, the police departments, the National Guard, I hope, hope, hope they can get their arms around this and get this problem under control. If they do not, if there's another few nights of this, you watch it spill. And that is when it's going to get really, really, really bad. Let's hope we avoid that. All right, we got more. Hang on. Well, we cannot forget that China still has their fingers all throughout this country. China is loving so much of what they're seeing, I have no doubt, but don't take my word for it. Let's go to our resident expert on China, Gordon Chang. You can find him on Twitter, at Gordon G. Chang, and he's the author of The Coming Collapse of China. Gordon, I have to assume China not only loved us destroying our own economy, China is really loving watching riots tear apart 140 U.S. cities. Well, they certainly are, because since Saturday, we've seen a malicious disinformation campaign conducted by the Global Times, which is a Communist Party tabloid, but also by the foreign ministry. And some of these comments from China are really corrosive. So we have to assume that Beijing is enjoying this, reveling in this. And we've also got to remember, if we go back to mid-March, China has been in sending and spreading fake text messages, social media postings, with rumors that it knew it not true. Uh, this according to the New York Times. So basically, China's gone into the business that Russia uh, apparently is in, in terms of trolling the United States, causing divisions here. Explain what messages you're talking about. Maybe not the text messages, but the headlines when it relates to these horrible riots and whatnot. What are they doing? Well, first of all, um, when Morgan Ortegas, the State Department spokeswoman, uh, talked about Hong Kong, um, the Chinese spokeswoman, um, she came back and said, only one message, I can't breathe. And then um, that started um, a number of messages from the Chinese foreign ministry warning about counterattacks. And then the Global Times chipped in um, with its messages about how China, about how the United States was racist. So really this has been something that we have seen um, from Saturday forward and the messages just haven't stopped. Gordon, how do we root them out? I feel like I feel like every time you and I talk about China, it just almost makes me feel worse about it because I feel like they're more ingrained and more ingrained and more ingrained in our society. And maybe I shouldn't feel this way. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like they're one step ahead of the game when it comes to information, spying, disinformation. Are they ahead or are they just a formidable opponent? Um, they are ahead. And, and it's largely because the United States is an open society. So um, that means that Americans can have debate in the public square, but it also means foreigners get involved. And sometimes they get involved in ways which are intended to sow divisions and racial hatred, which is what China's been doing. And not only just in the United States, we saw this in Canada, um, for instance, where China's ambassador started trying to rile up uh, Canadians of Chinese descent against the quote-unquote white supremacy of the Canadian government. Um, it, they are ahead in a sense, um, but the one thing we can do, uh, and this is something I think we're going to have to do, is to decrease our vulnerability and exposure to China by cutting our ties. 
What ties do we still need to cut? I understand President Trump has been really aggressive with China, much more aggressive than any president I can remember. What's, what are some at least glaring ties that are still out there that we really need to snip? I think we need to cut trade to a minimum, um, certainly stop American investment dollars going into China's equity markets. And most important of all, we need to cut these tech sharing agreements that American companies have with China because those agreements um, basically pipeline information into the Chinese military because Beijing has this civil military fusion doc uh, doctrine, which means that anything you do with a Chinese quote unquote civilian institution um, is available to the military. And on this, you know, you have Google's partnerships with Chinese universities on uh, AI, for instance. So these are things that I think that we're going to have to end. And the president has the authority to do that under the 1977 Act, the International Emergencies Economic Powers Act. Um, this would be drastic. But on the other hand, what China is doing to us is drastic. You mentioned AI, and I'm glad you brought this up. People find this fascinating. Obviously, it's something from the movies. You know, everybody's seen Iron Man. I mean, everyone knows what it is. How advanced is China when it comes to things like AI, and how much more advanced than us are they? Are they just keeping pace? Are they way behind? Are they light years ahead, and we're about to be invaded by Chinese robots? Well, in certain tech areas, we're ahead. Other tech areas, they're ahead. Specifically on AI is where the United States does have a lead. Maybe not a big lead, but we've got one nonetheless. Our problem, though, is that uh, AI is powered by data. We have restrictions on the amount of data that can go into our systems. China doesn't. So eventually, even though their technology is not as good as ours, because they've got more and more data that they can feed into their systems, they may end up with uh, artificial intelligence, which is superior to ours. Gordon, can you elaborate what happened with Hong Kong? I, I, look, Americans fundamentally do not understand the China-Hong Kong dynamic anyway, yet we were just told Hong Kong's no longer politically autonomous. Americans went, oh, no, that sounds bad. Can you explain what it actually means? Sure. Uh, Britain handed over Hong Kong, as they say, to China in 1997. And China, according to a treaty with Britain, promised 50 years of a high degree of autonomy, according to the one country, two systems formula. Um, at the National People's Congress meeting in Beijing, um, Beijing just passed what is called Article 23 national security legislation. They bypassed Hong Kong's legislative council, where we would expect this legislation to be enacted. Um, this legislation is extremely unpopular in Hong Kong, which is the reason why it never got passed. So Beijing decided to just ram it through um, its own legislature, which is basically a rubber stamp. Um, and this is basically the end of autonomy in Hong Kong. Um, people are expecting, and I think reasonably expecting, that because Beijing has closed off the political process in Hong Kong, that this struggle is now going to end up on the streets. On the streets, as in more of what we've seen with these Chinese riot cop cops chasing out civilians? Are we talking Chinese military? What does on the streets mean? Well, right now, it's just the Hong Kong police, um, which is acting even more thuggishly than usual. Um, there are reports which do have some credibility that China has been putting its either its People Armed Police or People's Liberation Army troops on the Hong Kong streets in the guise and the uniforms of Hong Kong policemen. Um, that, that remains to be confirmed, but there's uh, video evidence certainly suggesting that's the case. What people are concerned about long term, of course, is that China formally deploys its troops to Hong Kong streets. And that's when it really gets ugly, because then it becomes open warfare. We're talking about Beirut. And this is not necessarily a fight that China will win, um, largely because you've got a bunch of insurgents who are willing to die, supported by something like 80 percent of the population. And that means a long term insurgency. You think Hong Kong can stand up to China for that long? Uh, it could stand up to China for a very long time. Look what Vietnam did to us uh, and to the French. Um, people in Hong Kong, some of them uh, are absolutely determined because they believe that this is last stand. This is defending their homes. And they view people from China as foreigners, um, as colonialists. 
Now, not everyone in Hong Kong feels that way, but the independence movement, which was non-existent seven, eight years ago, has now picked up steam in Hong Kong, largely because they see China overreaching. You know, if China had done nothing until 2047, which is the end of the 50-year period, um, there would be no demonstrations, no riots, no, no anything. Um, but Beijing has decided to meddle. That's the way communists are, by the way. And because of that, we now have an insurgency. Insurgencies can disappear for long periods, but they always come back. And what we are seeing, especially after the coronavirus epidemic has subsided in Hong Kong, they're back to street fighting. Why are communists that way, Gordon? Because you're right. I mean, it's clear no matter what they believe, no matter what their political philosophy may be, they never look at any area where they're not involved and think, hmm, I don't need to go there. Why? Uh, I think part of it is because communists are Leninists. Leninists believe in control and controlling everything. And that's the way the Communist Party in China has acted. So clearly they just could not, not do anything in Hong Kong. Um, and this is just, uh, obviously, it's, it's going to lead to the end of Hong Kong as a global financial center. It, it could become a financial center in China, but without the rule of law, without an impartial judiciary, and, and it's losing those, by the way, um, Hong Kong is, is just not going to be what we know it. And that financial business that, uh, that has been taking place in Hong Kong, that's going to go to Singapore, maybe Taipei, maybe Tokyo, probably London and New York. We are going to see Hong Kong become, as they say, just another Chinese city. That's too bad. Gordon Chang, you can find him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. We got more. We got good stuff. Hang on. Well, we can't forget about the fact we have a southern border. We still have drugs pouring into America. And to talk about that and other things, we're joined by Matt Pinsker. He's the author of Crisis on the Border, an eyewitness account of illegal aliens, violent crime, and cartels. Matt, before we even get going on the actual border, you're going to have to forgive me, but I notice city after city after city in the United States of America seems to pass laws that say illegal aliens, you are more than welcome to come here. In fact, we encourage you to do so. This has to have a major effect on the border. Oh, of course. It encourages people to come to this country. When I was there in court prosecuting people who for illegal entry, they were openly admitting that they were coming to America to take part of the benefits offered, the welfare state, education, as well as numerous other benefits for that are geared for citizens and legal immigrants. However, illegal immigrants are openly saying they are coming here for welfare, to send their kids to our public schools funded by our taxpayers, as well as other benefits, whether it's public roads, public our law enforcement, you name it. I mean, they're not hiding the ball. I would love Jeff Cameron Cruz in a federal court at one day on the border to see the illegal immigration docket. We prosecute 100, 200 people any given morning, and they were very open and honest about what they were here to do, why they were coming here. I detail it in my book as much as uh, my politics will let me, but there's a lot more that needs to be told. What do the American people need to know? But here's what, here's what worries me, Matt. I hear you say things like this, and I know them to be true, so I've talked to other people down there. And I feel like it's not that the Americans don't care about it. They're just so used to it by this point in time. At least one party, and I would argue half of the other major party, is openly courting this. And the American people are so used to it, they're not even, they don't even have the energy to get outraged about it anymore. Of Wow, of course they're pro-illegal immigration. Well, it used to be that Democrats would say the quiet, they would say the quiet part out loud. Now they're openly saying they're trying to skew statistics because they think illegal immigrants, or at least their children, will vote for Democrats. I mean, they're not members of the Quad have gone on the record saying that this is their goal, this is their motivation. Uh, so they're not hiding the ball. We shouldn't pretend otherwise. Uh, as far as you know, the need even say that out loud. In fact, it was Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, you say that there was a need for borders. Barack Obama said we need to secure our border. A lot has changed in the last 10 years. And but I felt like we were on the same page. We want to secure the border. Now that's no longer true for at least one half of America. 
But here's what's what the most shocking part, though, to me. It's not the illegal aliens entering the country. It's the cartels. And what I mean by that is most people incorrectly believe legal immigration is just It's a lot more to it than that. 99% of all persons I prosecuted for illegal entry were actually being trafficked in by the Mexican drug cartels. What that means is we don't just have people entering the country. We have organized crime. We have cartels that are exploiting that are exploiting people on both sides of the border and abusing people the worst ways possible. I wish again why I want cameras in the federal courts is because I wish that people could see just how badly the cartels are abusing illegal aliens entering the country. I get they're criminals, they should be trying to enter the country, but that doesn't mean they should be tortured by cigars and cigarette burns all over them or uh, slashed with machetes by cartels who are trying to extort more money from them. If people were serious about wanting to protect and defend uh, the human rights of all people, including illegal aliens, they want to secure the border. The cartels can only do this because there's a power vacuum where we're not securing the border, neither is the Mexican government, so they've stepped in to fill the gap. And as I said, 99% of all persons entering the country legally are trafficked in by the cartels or are actually charging about six to $8,000 a head. So let me, let me give uh, some numbers to you for perspective. The human trafficking business across the southern border alone is greater than the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball combined. We're dealing with more than $25 billion uh, in business on the human trafficking across our illegal border. Not as big as a drug trade, but getting close to it. In fact, it's arguably even smarter to get involved in human smuggling instead of drug smuggling because the sentencing is a lot looser and you can potentially make a lot more money in, drug, in human trafficking than drug trafficking. Um, Matt, I, I hate that I'm even yeah. going to ask this question. I'm sorry to interrupt. I hate that I'm going to ask this question. Where are they going? What are they doing with them? I mean, clearly this is a modern-day basic slave trade. What are they doing with them? Because obviously we have slaves here. What are they doing? Uh, you know, well, actually, we know the answer because when we catch illegal aliens, we give them a Miranda warning, and if they want to talk with us, we ask them where are they going, what are they doing, and by the time people are caught, they fear they have nothing to lose. They just won't get home as soon as possible. So they're very cooperative, and they tell us exactly where they're going and what they're doing. And over 9% of everyone we interviewed came here for work. Look, uh, not, for all the talk about refugees and asylum seekers, the reality is that over 9% of the people are coming here for jobs. And most of the people caught entering the country legally already had a job lined up. Uh, they tell us, I went to work with my cousin at a KFC in New York City. I'm going to work at a farm in Illinois. I'm going to be uh, do domestic work. Uh, maybe be a nanny or maid in uh, Los Angeles. And they would tell us where they were going. They might tell us who hired them. they tell us who was paying their smuggling fees because these people are broke. They can't pay for it themselves. They have family members here in the U.S. who are uh, fronting the smuggling fees. And they would, full they would tell us at all they're here for jobs. And uh, whether or not they're here for jobs, they're still entering the country illegally. And on top of that, though, you still have the much greater problem that it's they're still paying they're still paying six eight thousand dollars a piece to the cartels, but here this will drive your listeners and viewers crazy. Not once did we prosecute anyone who was actually fronting the money. Not once did we actually go after the employers who have already offered jobs. In fact, a lot of the people entering the country told us that while they were in El Salvador, Honduras, Mexico, they're actively being recruited by American companies and employers. So, uh, you know, no one's hiding the ball here. And here's what's great. Everything that they say is on the record. We record it all. It's called an A-file. It's the immigration file. And the Miranda interview, the notes, it's all recorded. It's all on the record. There, if you're, I'm sure your listeners are wondering, okay, why aren't we going after these employers? Why aren't we going after the failing members who are paying the smuggling fees? Well, the answer, I, well, there's a couple of answers. One is lack of interest by a number of people who are politically motivated. But the other reason is oftentimes a lack of resources. Because um, even I was down there, I was prosecuting on the border under zero tolerance. Yet for every 10 people crossing the country illegally, We'd only catch three of them. So we, we already have a 70% fail rate. And every three people we catch entering illegally, 
we could only prosecute one out of three, again, because of lack of resources. Not enough detention facilities, not enough courtrooms, not enough prosecutors, not enough border patrol. And going further up to go after the people to follow the money trail, we have enough law enforcement prosecutors for that either. The illegal aliens, the guy who's coming into the country to you know, work a job, better his life, send money back home for the family. They're the low-hanging fruit, and they're the ones who get prosecuted. And by prosecuted, I mean usually it's a slap on the wrist. Maybe you're picked up on Wednesday, you're in court Thursday, sentenced to time served, and you're driven back across the border into Mexico later that afternoon for a first offense. So, uh, I mean, it's not much of a punishment to begin with, but we're going after the low-hanging fruit rather than the people provide the means, methods, and incentives. So I definitely think we need to start rejiggering our uh, priorities for how to go about this. Matt Pinsker, author of Crisis on the Border, go buy his book. I appreciate you, Matt. Thank you so much. Good talking to you. Can't forget about that. It is, uh, that's a rough state of affairs there. All right, we got a great video you have to see. Hang on. Well, every now and then, we all try to bite off a little more than we can chew. One time I sat down and I decided I was going to do a hot wing challenge. You see, we were really big on this TV show we used to love called Man Vs. Food. And he would either try to eat a lot of food or he'd try to eat some really hot food. And sometimes he would just die. And I sat down for the, I forget what they were called, nuclear wings or something like that. And you only had to eat like five of them. And I tried to take down the hot wing challenge and I failed. Every now and then, you bite off more than you can chew. So when you're faced with a gigantic American diesel pickup truck towing a horse trailer, and you're a young lady, get out of the way. Look, you're in the road. Trucks go in the road. Women don't go in the road. Trucks go in the road. But the best part of the video was just the sounds. Oh my God. Oh my God. Can you believe that? Like, just stunned. Just, uh, you mean I couldn't hold him back? <laughs> can you believe that? Um, yes, I can believe the truck, surrounded by violent people pounding on his windows, cho chose to step on the gas rather than let you try to push him out of the way. Let that be a lesson to you kids. You cannot stop a truck. All right, see you tomorrow. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps. And then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off.
The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedoms only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse.